What's up, guys? My name is Leif Arneson, and you're listening to episode 24 of the Vegan Gym Podcast. My brother and I are vegan fitness coaches and bodybuilders who started this podcast as part of our mission to show the world that vegans are strong, healthy, compassionate badasses who are leading the charge against chronic disease, animal abuse, and climate change. We've had the opportunity to help thousands of vegans reach their fitness goals, but we're just getting started. Our goal is to help 1 million vegans get into the best shape of their lives. So if you believe in challenging the status quo and showing the world how badass veganism really is, then this podcast is for you. With that, I'd like to introduce my brother, my co-host for the podcast, Anders. What's up, man? What is going on, guys? I'm super stoked today. I We, we got up and crushed a workout at yeah, 5 a.m. Yeah, feels so good. First time in such a long time that we've actually gone to the gym at 5 a.m. right when the doors open. And it was, uh, it, it's a great feeling just getting, you just feel so much better, so much more accomplished. You walk out of the gym and it's still dark out and yeah, it still and feels you, like you beat the sun up, but you feel super accomplished and you're just starting your day already. So it's like sets you up for success for the, the rest of the day, yeah. you know? And, uh, yeah, it feels good recording this podcast and yeah, so let, let's get into it. Let's we're, do it. We're going to be talking about why vegan protein quality matters and this is definitely something that is uh, pretty important because uh, it pe- is important. People don't actually don't know that there's different types of proteins, you know. And yeah, pe- people associate well, protein. Well, there are different like, kind of protein. There are different kind of qualities when it comes to protein. Right. We're going to get into that in a minute um, and uh, kind of define what that actually means. But uh, this is a really important topic, as Honor said, because lots of people want to talk about protein. And, um, and I think that is a relevant subject. Like, you know, that we talk about high protein diets and how much that matters. Um, and it's, uh, I mean, if you don't want to follow a high protein diet, you don't have to do it, but, um, we're, we'll get into some research and, and show you that, uh, a high protein diet is really kind of, um, helpful in, uh, building muscle and getting shredded without, uh, losing, uh, lean muscle mass. So if that's kind of your goal, then you want to eat a higher protein intake, um, so just as an, ex- an example, like of why this is important, uh, just this past Sunday, we actually, we met a new guy at the gym who we've never really talked with before. I guess we've seen him before, but, yeah. uh, it turns out he's vegan and he saw me wearing, uh, the vegan stringer tank and he came up to say how much he loved it. Um, and it turns out that, uh, he met a, a cardiologist at a local hospital. He works at a local hospital and, and a cardiologist he knows there, uh, is vegan. And, um, he actually kind of turned him on to a plant-based diet. And now he's been vegan for a little over a year and a half and he totally loves it. His whole family is now vegan, which is super cool. Um, but he follows a really low protein diet and about 50 grams of protein per day. And he said that he was really impressed with our physiques, and he asked us what we did and what we followed. And um, like I say to everyone, I was like, I follow a pretty high-protein diet. I typically aim for about 180 grams of protein per day. Uh, my current body weight is is high 180s. Um, so, And every time we bring up the amount of protein that we eat, their faces are priceless. They're yeah, like, like, what? They're like, what? That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It is a lot. Like, that's a lot of protein. Um, and lots of people will be like, what, Leif? Like, why do you eat so much protein? It's like, your kidneys, protein's bad for you. Like, your body doesn't need that much protein or, or whatever they want to say. And I think that's because most vegans actually associate a high-protein diet, like high-protein intake with poor health because eating a lot of animal protein is bad for you. So I don't think it's really the protein itself that people are concerned about or or they might be concerned about it, but I think that uh, concern is misplaced. Yeah. I think it really comes down to animal protein not being so so healthy for you, and that's because of cholesterol. Uh, you have saturated fat. You have drug residues, added hormones. Uh, you even have pathogens like salmonella, E. coli. Those things are bad for you. They cause inflammation and disease. Um, so I think that's the stuff that that people like automatically associate with protein. So they just think, oh, protein's bad for you. I don't want to eat lots of protein, and uh, and then they correctly say oh you don't need that much protein like right. um 
most women need somewhere on the order of 40 to 45 grams of protein. Most guys need somewhere on the order of 50 to 55 grams of protein per day. Uh, so that's for maintaining your health. And, um, and I, I don't disagree with that. I think that's entirely true. Like you don't need that much protein. I mean, that's a super healthy lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. And that can be a super, super healthy lifestyle. Like I'm taking, we're not taking anything away from that. Uh, that is not a, a bad path at all. If that's, if that aligns with your goals, awesome. Like follow a lower protein diet, nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think, um, I think, some of those diets are the healthiest diets that, that right. you could possibly follow. Um, but that being said, protein, higher protein intake is not bad for you. Um, and lots of people want to talk about uh, a high protein diet being bad for your kidneys in particular. Um, but this has been, uh, this has been uh, disputed numerous times. Uh, in 2007, uh, for example, the World Health Organization uh, – agreed that there is, quote, clear evidence that high intakes of protein by patients with renal disease contributes to the deterioration of kidney function. Okay, so we're talking about patients with kidney disease, existing kidney disease, and saying that higher intake of protein is actually bad for their kidneys if they are already suffering from renal disease. But the uh, World Health Organization also noted that there is, quote, no foundation to the myth that high protein intake affects people with normal kidneys. So, and there's a whole bunch of research. There's another uh, podcast that we did on protein, and we talked in more depth about uh, kidney function in particular. Uh, but here's the bottom line. If you have healthy, fully functioning kidneys, consuming a high protein diet, uh, I will say in the range of uh, 0.8 to 1.1 grams uh, per pound of body weight per day, or 1.8 to 2.4 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day is not harmful. Now, do you need that much protein? I don't know. It depends on your physique. It depends on your goals. But here's our firm belief when it comes to protein. A high-protein diet is absolutely vital for building muscle and strength. So if you are working to build muscle, we recommend that you eat at least 0.8 grams of high-quality plant protein per pound of body weight per day. Now, this is assuming that you have a relatively low body fat percentage. Okay, if you're 300 pounds um, and super like overweight, uh, you don't need 0.8 grams of high-quality plant protein per, no, per pound no of body weight. Like, even fathom getting 300 grams of protein right. in one day. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and the phrase high-quality here is really important, okay? And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about in this podcast. Um, uh, but first, uh, for all of our foreign friends, uh, that 0.8 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day translates to 1.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. So you might be thinking that's a lot of protein and uh, this target, this protein target isn't always well received by the vegan community. Uh, in fact, we tend to get a lot of heat from the majority these of people that we we tell it to. They they are like in awe, like why why are you taking that much protein in? Yeah, but it it like we say uh, that 0.8 grams per uh, uh, per pound of body weight per day, uh, and we strive for about one gram per uh, pound of body weight per day for when we're bulking. Yeah, and it's like we what we say is we much rather be safe than sorry and that's what it comes down exactly. to it's like we rather be eating a lot uh, more protein than we actually need so we don't lose any muscle and we can make the most gains as possible and uh yeah it's just like we want to be safe <laughs> exactly and we also and we don't just do that just to be safe we also have hard science to back this up um uh, so there's tons of science out there as i said there's another podcast we did on protein uh you can go listen to that for more detail we dive into the science of exactly like how much protein you need and why we're not going to really do that in this podcast uh we're more so focusing on protein quality because it's a slightly different conversation 
Um, but not only do we have hard science to back it up, we also have a, a total of about 20 years of combined training experience between the two of us, and we've helped hundreds of vegans get into the best shape of their lives. So we, um, we, not only do we have kind of the science to back it up, we also have, uh, kind of the anecdotal evidence to back it up. So again, I'll say low protein dieting is not bad and uh and for lots of people that works even if even if you're an athlete even if you're active even if you're working out in the gym that can work um so while it is certainly possible to build muscle on a low protein diet a relatively low protein diet um somewhere on the order of let's say 10% of total calories um and and we personally know many fit vegans who actually thrive on a low protein diet okay that's not uh, it's not a complete anomaly, but every single reputable peer-reviewed sports nutrition study proves that most people are fighting an uphill battle if they eat a low-protein diet. So, like we've said many times on this podcast, you certainly don't need this much protein, uh, even if you are active, um, but as Honors was saying, we work our asses off every single day to try to build muscle or shred fat. And uh, and we want to be sure that we aren't leaving anything on the table. Exactly. Like we don't want our diets to uh, be holding us back at all because we bust our asses in the gym. We put in a lot of work, so we don't want to put in all that work and have it uh, even a percentage of that go to waste because we're not uh, getting our diet right. So that is our that's that's our take. That's our belief. That's what we think. Most people who, most vegans who want to get into the best shape of their lives, build as much muscle and strength as possible, or really just get as fit as possible, we think that's the right approach. Um, so that's that's kind of the whole background for this podcast. I just want to be really clear that um, this isn't something that everyone has to do, but this is what we do and this is what we recommend. So let's get to the main topic of this podcast, and that's the importance of protein quality. And uh, this this isn't really something that's talked about much in uh, the vegan community in particular, um, because I think uh, some people um, just think it might be, I don't know, kind of an awkward conversation because you want to talk about like uh, plant protein versus animal protein and other yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. There's different types of protein, but people don't realize that different types of protein have different types of qualities. And yeah, it's, exactly. And, and, I, and I know I didn't know that a few years ago, you know, it's just yeah. like something that kind of like pops up and you start to learn about it and it, it makes total sense and there's science to back it up. So, yeah. So I think, I think this is a relevant conversation. And, um, if, if you're not looking to like supercharge your health and fitness or, or maybe your fitness in particular, if you're not looking to take things to the next level and really, really dedicate yourself, this conversation probably doesn't really matter to you. Um, and we're kind of really kind of diving into the weeds when it comes to like protein intake and stuff. But I think it is a really important conversation for, for vegans who are uh, trying to get super fit. So that's why we're doing this. Um, and, uh, and I think um, people uh, worry so much about quantity when it comes to protein. Um, and we do to a large degree, like yeah. we eat a lot of protein and there's a reason we eat a lot of protein, but there's also quality, there's protein quality and, um, and you've heard the classic quality versus quantity argument for so many things in life, but it, it does matter to protein intake as well. So I want to start here by describing, by explaining exactly what, uh, amino acids are and in particular essential amino acids. So, um, there are amino acids that are known as, uh, proteinogenic amino acids. And those are amino acids that your body needs to, um, to function, to synthesize new muscle fibers. And nine of these, uh, amino acids are known as essential amino acids. Um, and they're called essential because our bodies cannot produce them. And therefore these nine essential amino acids must be consumed in food. So they're essential because our body can't make them by itself. Uh, we need to consume them in our food, and that's why they are essential. They're an essential part of our diets. So our bodies can synthesize the other amino acids, uh, so we don't have to obtain them from food. But the nine essential amino acids are histidine, leucine, lysine, isoleucine, methionine, phenylalanine, threonine, tryptophan, and valine. 
All right, now repeat so, that, guys. <laughs> so those are the nine, um, and and they are all really important. Um, so uh, while those are all really important, leucine is uh, arguably the most important amino acid for muscle growth. Um, it acts much like a key does for the ignition of a car. Uh, so in this metaphor, the car is a muscle cell or muscle fiber, and the ignition, this leucine, actually turns on the process of muscle protein synthesis. Now, muscle protein synthesis is the process of building new muscle proteins that leads to muscle growth. So that's what essential amino acids are. Um, they all matter. We need to get all of them from our diet. But leucine in particular is um, is uh, very arguably the most important essential amino acid. So there are a few things that we can look at when we're talking about protein quality, like how much um, how much essential amino acids are in this food, or um, how many grams of protein is in this food, or how many grams of leucine is in this food. Like there are a bunch of different ways that you can kind of look at quality. Um, but generally speaking, high quality versus low quality proteins are terms that are generally used to distinguish the relative proportions of the different essential amino acids that are found in certain foods. So essentially, uh, the more closely this proportion, the proportion of the amino acid profile within food matches our own body's proteins, the higher its quality. So that's uh, that's how we're going to um, uh, kind of define quality in this case. Uh, the 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 more closely uh, the essential amino acid profile in a food that we're eating matches our own proteins in our muscles, the higher its quality. So. Um, the best test for uh, assessing dietary protein's ability to really stimulate muscle protein synthesis is, um, and, and muscle protein synthesis, just to be clear, is kind of scientific speak for muscle growth. So the best test for assessing dietary protein's ability to, uh, to build muscle is actually to use stable isotope amino acid tracer methodology. Um, now this is really getting into the weeds here, uh, but, but, um, it's using stable isotope amino acid tracers, uh, makes, uh, makes it possible to directly measure amino acid bioavailability and utilization. Um, however, that's, uh, that's like, that's a step too far. It's a, it's a different <laughs> in my, language in my opinion majority and, of people. and it's, it's, it's unnecessary to go to those lengths. Um, however, uh, there are various alternatives uh, to measure dietary protein quality. So uh, these methods don't require like actually um, analyzing how your body synthesizes amino acids. We're looking at just the food quality and how uh, that generally like translates to uh, muscle growth and stuff. So uh, there are kind of two measures uh, to evaluate dietary protein quality, and um, and were two most widely kind of adopted measures. Uh, the first is protein digestibility corrected amino acid score, which is abbreviated uh, PDCAAS. And more recently, uh, the digestible indispensable amino acid score, or DIAAS. Now, neither of these approaches provides the precise insight into the true anabolic potential of a specific dietary source. Um, and when we're talking about anabolic potential, we're talking about the ability to, um, to synthesize new muscle fibers, to, cre to, to take your amino acids and to build new muscle from them. Um, but these, these two measures do provide the best protein quality measures uh, currently available. And, um, and uh, we're going to be focusing on DIAAS uh, because it's superior to PDCAAS uh, because it treats dietary amino acids as individual nutrients and not simply as protein on, as a whole. Um, so I know that's, that's really getting to the weeds, as I said, but, um, the point is, uh, that's kind of how we measure, uh, protein quality. Okay. And, um, and so there's, as, as you heard from those two, uh, terms, there's this idea of protein digestibility and, uh, there are often 
kind of two terms uh, that that are relevant when we're talking about nutrient absorption. In this case, protein or amino acid absorption, and that is digestibility and bioavailability. So there's quite a bit of overlap between these two definitions, and actually there are lots of people who will just interchange their usage. They're slightly different. Uh, digestibility is really a measure of how. Uh, much nutrition a food provides in a given volume, and it uh, it kind of indicates how much food is ap- actually absorbed by the intestines uh, and gets absorbed into the bloodstream. So kind of basically, it's the difference between what you eat and what you excrete. Um, so that's digestibility. Uh, now, nutrient bio bioavailability is the proportion of the uh, absorbed nutrients that are carried to kind of target tissues and are available for use by the body. So in this case, um, uh, the bioavailability of amino acids is kind of how much uh, of the amino acids um, actually make it to uh, your muscles. Um, So because... uh, um, so digestibility kind of provides a, a really important measure of a food's nutritional value and quality. Okay. So we're not, <clears throat> the whole point here is that we're not looking at total grams of protein. Okay. We're looking about, we're looking at what your body actually uses. That's why these are, are such, uh, important dis, uh, things to distinguish, um, so in general, as the quality of uh, amino acids in like protein increases, so will the uh, so will the amino acids digestibility and uh, and bioavailability. Um, so just kind of to uh, kind of recap, amino acid bioavailability is really just a fancy term uh, for describing the amount and variety of amino acids that are digested and absorbed into your bloodstream after you ingest protein. So, uh, I just wanted to define and kind of distinguish between those two definitions, digestibility and bioavailability, but we're going to be focusing on the term digestibility because, um, that's used a little bit more commonly in, uh, in the kind of amino acid research uh, so, um, with that, let's actually jump into a little bit of research. Um, when we're kind of really, we want to analyze foods and determine what different foods do in, in your body and how those foods, uh, really kind of focus on building muscle, um, how, how different food groups, uh, kind of contribute to the muscle building process. And we're essentially going to be looking at these foods' uh, digestibility scores, which we measure using um, the digestible indispensable amino acid score, uh, which we discussed earlier. So um, there was actually a study conducted at Massey University in New Zealand, and it really um, <clears throat> and these researchers in the study defined the digestibility of certain protein sources as the proportion of dietary uh, protein-derived amino acids that are effectively digested and absorbed, uh, thus becoming available in a form suitable for body protein synthesis. <clears throat> Excuse me. So uh, these researchers actually analyzed the amino acid digestibility of 14 high-protein food sources, uh, both animal protein sources and plant protein sources, and they compared them using uh, both of those um, digestibility kind of, uh, scoring systems. Uh, but we're going to be focusing on DIAAS because it's, uh, superior. Um, but, uh, using the, the other methodology, it really kind of, um, it shows the same result. The scores are just slightly different. So I'm just going to run through these really quickly, uh, to give you an idea of kind of how these scores break down. And then I'm going to explain why they're important. Um, and we're going to pull a few pieces of information from these scores. So, uh, getting started, milk protein concentrate has a DIAAS score of 1.18. Um, instead of saying DIAAS, I'm just going to say digestibility score. Uh, I'm talking about DIAAS. <clears throat> so, whey protein isolate has a digestibility score of 1.09. Whey protein concentrate has a score of 0.973. The first soy protein isolate uh, uh, 
formulation that these researchers used. Uh, they called it isolate B. Has a has a score of uh, 0.906. Uh, the other soy protein uh, formula has a score of 0.898. Pea protein concentrate has a score of 0.822. Uh, cooked peas, green peas, have a score of 0.579. Uh, cooked kidney beans have a score of 0.588. Cooked rice has a score of 0.595. Cooked rolled oats uh, or oatmeal has a score of 0.542. Wheat bran has a score of 0.411. Roasted peanuts has a score of 0.43. Rice protein concentrate has a score of 0.37. And uh, corn-based breakfast cereal has a score of 0.01. So, I know this is a lot of information, and I don't want to stick too much, kind of like go down too much into the rabbit hole and get kind of lost in all this science and stuff. But the main takeaway here is that all protein is not equal, okay? So, that's really, that's the heart of this whole digestibility and protein quality conversation. The, The main takeaway here is that all protein is not equal. So... For example, uh, we're going to use two plant protein uh, sources in this example. For example, a gram of protein from rice protein concentrate, which has a score of 0.37, doesn't provide the same essential building blocks for optimal muscle growth that pea protein concentrate does. Uh, Pea protein concentrate has a score of 0.822. So thus, we reach the kind of main... um, conclusion for this whole uh, conversation. So the protein that you find in rice rice is not the same kind of protein that you find in pea protein. And the difference here is the proportions basically of the different essential amino acids that are found in each of these foods. Um, And that's a really important topic because uh, we'll get into this a little bit more later, but... um, there's there's a difference between eating rice versus eating peas, okay? 10 grams of protein from rice is not the same as 10 grams of uh, protein from uh, pea protein concentrate, okay? There's a difference there. And as you can also tell from uh, these scoring systems, uh, they really just have uh, milk protein, whey protein uh, for, the, uh, for the animal proteins, but... Um, beef, chicken, fish, other meats and, uh, and eggs and stuff. Those are all really high in their digestibility scores. So in general, and this is, uh, this is not really uh, a popular thing to say in the vegan world, but in general, it appears that, uh, plant-based protein sources actually exhibit lower digestibility than animal-based proteins. Now I know gasp like that's that's uh, that's quite a statement, especially coming from a vegan. But um, I don't think it's something that we just kind of want to neglect because um, lots of uh, lots of omnivores will say, "Oh yeah, well, plant protein isn't isn't really the same." And there is some truth to that. We'll talk about why it doesn't really matter, but there is some truth to that. And I don't think it ever, I don't think it's ever really helpful to. Uh, tell someone, oh, you're wrong, especially when there's truth to what they're saying, like pushing people away from veganism by saying, oh, yeah, you don't understand. Like, that's not true. Um, you're totally wrong. Like plant protein is is uh, is way better. And I don't disagree with that at all, uh, which we'll get into uh, in more detail in a minute. But um, there is uh, there is a difference between plant protein and animal protein. So this is in no way to say that a vegan diet is inferior to an omnivorous diet. No way whatsoever. It's just a fact uh, when it comes to protein digestibility, and it's something to keep in mind. It's basically like saying that on average a vegan diet is higher in fiber than an omnivorous diet. It's not necessarily a right statement or a wrong statement. It's not good or bad necessarily. It's just a fact, and and it's um it's kind of an important thing to keep in mind. So, um so 
to talk about this in a little more detail, animal-based protein sources, which include uh, dairy, eggs, meat, uh, are highly digestible. And, um, and for example, most animal products actually clock in around 90 to 95 percent in terms of protein digestibility. So let's say, let's say you eat 40 grams of protein in a meal from animal protein sources. Your body will ultimately utilize about 90 to 95% of that protein or about 38 grams of that protein. But on the other hand, plant-based protein sources such as corn, oat, bean, pea, and potato tend to exhibit lower digestibility scores than uh, the animal-based protein sources. Um, and these plant-based protein sources... Uh, vary in the range of 45 to 80%, something like that. So if you eat 40 grams of protein from these food sources, these plant-based food sources, your body will ultimately utilize about 18 to 32 grams of protein depending on the exact source. However, and this is a big however, purified plant protein sources such as soy protein isolate, pea protein concentrate, uh, things like wheat gluten, which is seitan, uh, those display a digestibility that is very similar to that of animal-based protein sources, uh, being greater than 90% in terms of protein digestibility. So, this is a really, really important concept, and I'd like to reiterate it with an example. Uh, let's say you eat a hundred grams of oats, uh, which I do every morning when I'm balking, um, if not a bit more. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I know that's a lot of oats and that's, that's oats. And then I put in water and then I make oatmeal and stuff. Uh, so it's a lot of oatmeal, but, um, but that's not really the point. The point is a hundred grams of oats. And I'm using that number because it's a nice round number. Uh, that contains about 16 grams of protein. Um, however, your body will, does not use all of that protein. As we covered earlier, the digestibility of oat protein is somewhere on the order of 60%. So that means instead of the 16 grams of protein per 100 gram serving that it says on the nutrition label, you're really kind of only getting about 10 grams of protein. Um, and, and let's say that I'm aiming for somewhere on the order of 180 grams of protein per day, which I currently am. Um, if I'm, if I, if the average protein digestibility of the foods that I'm eating is 60%, just like my oatmeal, that means that I'm actually kind of getting 108 grams of protein to my muscles or, or the equivalent of 108 grams um, in terms of protein quality to my muscles, uh, when we're looking at kind of, um, the amino acid profile and comparing it to, uh, kind of the ideal targets. So the, the point of this is to say not every gram of protein is the same. So, um, as we said earlier, a gram of protein from rice protein concentrate is not the same as a gram of protein from pea protein concentrate. Uh, so we're, I'm not saying anything about the health of certain food sources here. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm just talking about protein digestibility. That's all we're talking about here. And this is a major reason why we, why we like to aim high when it comes to protein consumption. There are kind of two things here. There's, there's, um, there's the digestibility of protein, and then there's also kind of the quantity of protein. So both matter. It's the quantity and quality that matter when it comes to, to protein intake. Um, now, as I've already said, just because, just because we're talking about animal versus plant protein does not in any way mean that, uh, that I think that animal products are healthier, that you should ever consume them. That is a hundred percent not what I believe. I'm just, uh, I'm just trying to, uh, highlight a topic that's not really discussed, uh, when it comes to vegan nutrition in particular, because I think it's a relevant conversation to, uh, bodybuilding and to really kind of, um, achieving the next level in your fitness. So, um, it, it most certainly does not mean that animal products, uh, because they have a high protein digestibility are healthy. It most certainly doesn't mean that you need to eat animal products to build muscle and get ripped. And perhaps most importantly, it doesn't mean that vegan nutrition is lacking in any way. Our bodies, uh, just kind of naturally synthesize amino acids from protein sources that are more closely uh, that more closely mirror our own body's proteins. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense intuitively and it's supported by decades and decades of nutrition science. 
So that doesn't make it healthy or necessary whatsoever to consume animal products. In fact, much the opposite. Um, I would argue uh, every day that plant protein is preferable by miles because food is a package deal. Okay, we can't just look at protein. We have to, uh, plant foods offer a copious array of health-promoting vitamins, minerals, uh, all those micronutrients, antioxidants, phytochemicals, all of those uh, really important health-promoting compounds that animal foods simply do not. So um, this is... So plant protein is by far healthier than animal-based protein. Um, So that's... That's kind of a uh, uh, that's that's really important to keep in mind, uh, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you're kind of new to veganism. I'm not at all saying like you you need animal products. Like that's not the point. The point is just saying like we should focus on higher quality uh, vegan proteins because I want to be sure that you thrive on a vegan diet. And if you're a serious athlete or if you are seriously trying to get into the best shape of your life. I want you to succeed. We both want you to succeed. Like that's that's all we care about. So uh, we want you to succeed, and that's why we're uh, kind of highlighting this because we're just saying, you know what? There is an important consideration here. Like, uh, yeah, you could just eat tons of kale and 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 oats, and you you probably you'd look great. You'd feel great, and and you'd probably be able to build muscle and strength. Um, uh, but I think there's another level, and to get to that level, you need to uh, maybe take um, some focus uh, uh, to – you need to divert some focus maybe more so to uh, the issue of um, protein digestibility. So um, <clears throat> so the big question here is, does plant proteins lower digestibility and uh, lower essential amino acid content actually inhibit muscle growth in any way? Um, and I, as, as we've already said, gram for gram animal-based protein is technically, uh, more effective at building muscle than most plant-based proteins. Um, and yes, I am vegan. I've been vegan for over four years. Like I'm thriving on a vegan diet and I've never been in better shape in my entire life. I've never felt better, but this, this, this is just something that, that we want to, um, I, I tell people about because I think there is important stuff to draw from this. And again, this doesn't mean that animal protein is superior. Uh, but let's break this down uh, with some studies, okay? And we're kind of looking at uh, plant versus animal protein because this is a this is a concern for some people, especially people who are considering veganism. And they're like, well, I don't know if I can get that much protein, or I don't know if um, I can actually build muscle and stuff. This is where these studies uh, actually come into play in kind of their importance. Uh, so the first study is from the Human Performance Laboratory at the University of Connecticut. And the researchers there conducted a long-term study, which was about nine months long, in which they used a whey protein supplement um, and also a plant protein supplement, a soy protein supplement. Um, and they wanted to see the difference in uh, lean body mass gains um, over uh, that nine month period. And, and they found that, um, a whey protein supplement was actually shown to significantly enhance gains in lean body mass over those seen in the soy, uh, protein supplement group. Um, and this study is one of the longest protein supplementation studies, uh, that also includes resistance exercise, um, uh, that that's ever been done. And it really kind of highlights the importance of protein quality in determining your exercise induced muscle mass gains. Now, again, this isn't to say that, that, pl- that, um, whey protein or any animal protein is superior to plant protein. Uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, in another study, researchers, um, actually kind of overcame this apparent difference in protein quality, uh, which they kind of measure by leucine content, which is the most important essential amino acid, as we discussed earlier. And uh, they looked at amino acid bioavailability. Um, and they were comparing a vegan protein concentrate, which was a, a rice, uh, a, a, a protein uh, derived from rice, 
Um, and they were comparing it to whey protein isolate. And uh, basically what they did is they just fed their their subjects a large quantity of protein. So they actually fed uh, their subjects 48 grams of whey protein isolate and 48 grams of rice protein concentrate. Um, and that, in effect, uh, delivers leucine dosages of uh, 5.5 grams and 3.8 grams, respectively. And both of those levels surpass um, something that's uh, commonly called the leucine threshold. So there's kind of this um, there's kind of this threshold uh, that that you need to hit in in terms of your leucine consumption that really maximizes muscle protein synthesis, really sets you up to build um, as much muscle as possible. And once you kind of eat more leucine, once you kind of go beyond this threshold, like more leucine isn't really helpful. It's like um, it's like maybe being safe but but unnecessary. So both of those uh, both of those targets in eating the 48 grams of whey protein versus the 48 grams of rice protein, both of those targets uh, really kind of saturated the MPS response for both groups. Um, and as we've said before, leucine is the most important amino acid for muscle growth. It kind of acts like a key does for the ignition of a car. Um, and what these two groups uh, kind of found, what these researchers found in analyzing these two groups is that, um, uh, quote, both whey and rice protein isolate administration post-resistance exercise improved indices of body composition and exercise performance. However, there were no differences between the two groups. So what does this mean exactly? This means that um, these researchers basically established uh, equivalency of protein in the study um, by really making both protein quantities higher. Uh, so um, they just had higher dosages of plant protein and compared it to a higher dose of animal protein. And... Um, and and this shows that if you do that, there's really there's no benefit whatsoever to consuming animal-based protein versus plant-based protein. Uh, so even though plant-based protein in general, for most kind of food sources, has a lower digestibility uh, than than animal-based protein, it doesn't make any difference in lean muscle mass gain uh, when you're using resistance exercise uh, when you're supplementing your diet with resistance exercise. Um, if you're eating enough protein. So here's basically the bottom line, okay? So the best way to compensate for the lower essential amino acid content from uh, most plant-based food sources is to simply eat greater quantities of plant-based proteins uh, to support your muscle mass gains. Um, so things like uh, plant-based protein supplementation, uh, particularly with pea protein powder because it has such a high digestibility score, uh, using stuff like that can significantly help to support muscle mass gains. Um, so basically this is... I, I guess a pitch for for using some protein powder if you're like if you want to get into kind of the best shape of your life. Again, this isn't totally necessary. You don't need to use protein powder, but if you want to uh, really take your physique to the next level, you should um, consider protein quality uh, and things like uh, pea protein supplements are 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 quite high in terms of protein quality. Uh, so that's why we both uh, drink a few protein shakes per day. That's why we both eat plenty of high-quality protein foods like tofu and other soy products. Now, I'll be the first to say that these foods might not be as healthy as fruits and veggies, right? But they aren't necessarily unhealthy. Uh, like, I think uh, sourcing matters, food quality matters, like where you're actually getting uh, like your soy products, uh, that matters and stuff, but... Um, in general, it, that it's, it's not necessarily unhealthy, um, but it might not be as healthy as fruits and veggies. So again, if you want to do a low protein diet and focus on mostly fruits and veggies, that can totally work. Knock yourself out. Uh, that's awesome. Um, but, uh, that's, that's really kind of the whole point of, uh, this podcast is what we're we're trying to just uh, make it clear that uh, there are different types of proteins. So um, you want to be considering 
quantity, but you all also want to be considering quality. Um, and, uh, basically if you're working out, uh, just to stay fit and you're not really like busting your ass every single day to get into the best shape of your life, then you probably don't really need to worry about digestibility. Um, but since high protein intakes are not harmful to your health, which we covered at the beginning of this podcast, it's okay if you kind of overshoot your protein intake just a little bit to be safe. Okay, that's not really an issue. And um, and more importantly for our health, uh, when we're talking about like animal versus plant-based protein, like our health is a huge concern. Like that's something that we focus on a lot. Like our health is really important. That's that's um that's why I went vegan in the first place. Like I wanted to get my health in order and I totally did that. And then I was like, okay, I want to get my physique and fitness in order. So then I, I up my protein intake. I focus on eating higher quality protein sources, uh, plant-based protein sources and, um, and got my, my training in order. But, um, but more importantly for our health, unlike animal products, uh, vegans don't have to worry about fiber consumption. We don't have to worry about cholesterol. We don't have to worry about micronutrient consumption uh, for the most part, um, unlike most meat eaters who do have to worry about that kind of stuff. Um, and and it doesn't just stop there. Like uh, the I, I feel like I should say this because we've been talking about plant versus animal, and I said, you know what? Animal protein um, is technically kind of like uh, – has a higher digestibility score on average than than plant-based protein so that's maybe a consideration that you should keep in mind but on the flip side as we've said like a vegan diet is so superior when you're looking at food as a package deal which is so important when you're considering the health of a particular uh, food group so just because um, so many bodybuilders like tend to, uh, prescribe to eating tons of meat, dairy, and eggs doesn't make it healthy. It might, uh, make it, um, a little bit easier in, in just like not having much structure to your diet and just like gaining, uh, muscle and strength and stuff. Um, you can just kind of like eat whatever you want and not really focus on maybe protein quality so much. Uh, but again, this is, this is only for like the top, a few percent of people who are like really serious about taking their physiques to the next level. For most people, this doesn't even matter. Like this isn't even a a relevant conversation. But when we're looking at animal-based versus plant-based protein sources, um, there are so many reasons to choose plant-based protein over animal-based protein. As I said, it's the fiber, it's the cholesterol, it's the micronutrients. And it doesn't stop there. Uh, you have less aging enzyme activation from plant foods. You have less sulfur-containing amino acids, uh, such as methionine. Uh, you have lower acid-forming capacity in the kidneys. You have less putrefaction in your colon. You have little to no uh, inflammatory response, and you also have little to no adverse effects on the cancer-promoting growth hormone IGF-1. So those are just some of the benefits of choosing plant foods over animal foods. So when we're looking at health, the health of a certain diet, there is no, there's no way to possibly dispute the fact that a vegan diet is superior to a, an animal-based uh, diet, to, to a, an omnivorous diet. Um, and of course, like you can be a, like eat really crappy foods as a vegan, <laughs> you can be a junk food vegan and, and maybe that's not as good if, as, uh, as being a super, super healthy omnivore. But if you compare a, a very healthy vegan versus a very healthy ish omnivore, <laughs> and you look at that, like the diets, the, the vegan diet is superior, uh, for all of these reasons and more. So, um, I just want to make that very clear because, uh, just because the digestibility of animal based proteins might be higher than, than plant foods in general, because those plant, those animal based proteins more closely mirror our own body's protein. So it's easier for our body to digest and assimilate those essential amino acids into, uh, into our muscle fibers and, uh, and synthesize new muscle fibers. Just because of that doesn't mean that you need to do it. Doesn't mean that you need to eat animal foods. So I think I just kind of like beat this to death, but, but, um, but the point here is that digestibility matters. You should eat, uh, plenty of high quality plant protein 
if you want to maximize uh, kind of your muscle mass and strength gains, um, even if you want to just get into better shape, it's going to be easier eating a higher protein diet. Um, and that's assuming that you're busting your ass at the gym, okay? This does come back to intensity. You need to bring the intensity during your workouts. You need to give it all you have, um, and you need to be intelligent about your rest and, and make sure you have that training and rest cycle like all figured out. But when it comes to diet, like you want to have that dialed in as well, which is why we eat a high-protein uh, diet. That's why we focus on eating high-quality proteins and um, I think that's pretty much all I could possibly say in the world about <laughs> plant protein digestibility. So, uh, that's going to be a wrap for this podcast. Um, I hope that you found it to be super valuable. Uh, please, please, please show your appreciation for this podcast and all our other episodes by smashing that subscribe button. Uh, we really, really appreciate everyone who reviews the podcast. That means so much to us. And please share this episode with a friend. That's really our fee for this podcast, okay? We, we're never going to run ads. We, we don't like listening to ads. We always skip them on other podcasts that we listen to that have ads. Um, that's not what we're about. Uh, we want to just share information and have a really kind of awesome podcast for you guys. So all we ask is that you show your appreciation by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing with a friend. Uh, this is an, or, an organic movement, and the only ways that we're going to be spreading this message is uh, with you guys actually going out and telling your friends and, and sharing this podcast. So please subscribe, please leave a review, please share this episode with a friend right now. We would super duper appreciate it. Uh, thank you so much, you guys. We really uh, love coming to you every week and giving you uh, kind of the best information when it comes to vegan fitness. So Hope you guys appreciate it. Hope you guys have a freaking fantastic week. And as always, keep challenging the freaking status quo.